I can think of only one thing that could lift my spirits right now. Beer. 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 This is Drink of Ages on ESPN 97.5. The only show dedicated to craft beer, spirits, and music. Here's your host and luminary, John Denman. John Denman. All right, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Drink of Ages Radio Show here on ESPN 97.5. This one is going to be a little different than what we normally do. Uh, well, uh, sort of, Tom. Sort of different. Uh, we, we're going to go like a, a year in review with four different breweries and kind of discuss the highs, the lows, uh, the, the industry, the market, the whole it's, get into a good conversation about how this year treated you guys. Well, we've joked about this for the past few weeks now because it has been an incredibly challenging year for the industry. It's been a, there's been no year like this for Houston Craft Beer because Houston Craft Beer didn't have 75 breweries before. And Is that what we're up to? 75? 75. All right. Keep and in track. I love last it. year's been a lot of breweries announcing closures, a lot of uh, breweries changing hands, and uh, it's been, a, it's been a, a challenging year for, uh, for craft beer, but also an interesting one because there's been some wild new tap rooms that are opening, some breweries that are moving on to bigger and better places, it's, but uh, let's just get to the panel. So we, we stacked the panel today for some of the, the, the greatest minds of the beer industry in the Houston area. Also, some good friends. <laughs> Not going to name which one's which, but yeah. We do have Michael Duckworth. Hey, He is a co founder, co owner of True Anomaly. Casey Motes, co founder, co owner of Eureka Heights. And Colin Klingerman, who is the head brewer and barrel master here at St. Arnold. The head brewer. The head brewer and the barrel master. The, yeah. Those sound good. Yeah, I yeah. like that. that. That sounds good. Put it on a card. It's a long business card. <laughs> I've had longer. Yeah. It's a QR code you scan, and it takes There's you like to a been, site. been one where I had, like, two different ands. There was, like, and uh, innovation, and barrel, and something. I was like, this is too much. we got to trim it Very down, lean so. company you're running there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So this year, uh, like Tom talked about, there was a lot of a lot of really crazy things that happened in the whole industry. From uh, there, were, there were a lot of breweries that came up for sale. Several breweries shut down. Uh, <coughs> breweries were bought like, 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 a lot at the of last change, minute. Changing of hands. A lot of changing of hands. Yeah. But you guys, you know, kept going exactly how you were. You know, pivot was like the big word of 2020. 2021, I think it was like, we don't care anymore. <laughs> Let's just see what happens. And then 2022. What, see how, where that led us. Yeah, how would you describe this year? Duck. Let's start with Casey. All right. Uh, Good job. Good job. Yeah, yeah. This year, um, for us, I think the last two years, it was so much like aggressive innovation. And at one point in 2020, we were doing one or two new beer releases a week. And uh, that was awesome, but also like not real sustainable because we had a lot of tank capacity and we were just trying to keep our guys working. And we had a drive through at that time, keep that just fed. And um, I think this year it's been kind of hunkering down, finding like our core beers and trying to really like innovate and develop some new long-term recipes. A lot of that's pulling from the stuff we had done 
during those heavy innovations, some malts we didn't get a chance to use before and all that, stuff we loved. Now we can really refine it after doing a couple like small batches or very limited stuff, we can do some more iterations and being a little more thoughtful this year um, as opposed to just reactive, kind of really planning and getting ahead. So different change over the last couple of years. Um, been kind of really nice to be able to plan out a little bit and really do those big, I don't know, recipe development or new brand launches and doing some of those things. It's been really fun this year and be able to like focus on that enough. So. Well, you guys also added new tanks yeah, and just kept expanding. And a lot of things, a lot of the other breweries were having issues and kind of like, okay, how do we downsize? You guys were like, no, we're going to expand. Yeah, I was just kind of looking at what we were doing and seeing what the kind of opportunities were. And for us, our biggest launch this year, we did a light beer called Something Light that launched in August. And that was sort of what we saw during the pandemic and people wanting maybe a, a lower calorie, a lower alcohol option, just wanting a cold beer at the end of the day. And we've always prided ourselves on interesting, approachable, and mostly sessionable beers. But something about having just a 100-calorie light beer, that's most of what our team's drinking when they get off work. Um, not that many of us are having two IPAs, but we might have two of those when we're hanging out at the bar or the tap room before we go home. So that's been cool just to kind of see our team embrace it, which hopefully is inducive to kind of what we're going to see in the market. Um, people being a slightly more kind of health conscious and selective when they're choosing alcohol and what they're doing well they're also coming off of a lot of time sitting around the house not being able to leave like covid times we all you know grew a little bit so it was like ah get back into some lower calorie beers let's just do some things and seltzers are you know they're still big because of that reason and so yeah the low-cal beers that's what i find myself just when i go to breweries we were at urban south last night Yep. We're all there. And it was like what, that 4.5% beer that they had was phenomenal. Yeah, it's nice yeah. to just have a couple beers sometimes. We're not, you don't have to think about it. And as passionate as we all are about beer, it doesn't have to be like every forward thought. If I'm mowing the yard, I want a lawnmower or I want a Kolsch or a crisp beer. And I just don't need to think about it. I just want something cold and refreshing. Yeah. 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 All right. yeah. I don't know. I say Colin goes next. How's this work? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can go down the line. Tell me about your year, Colin. Um, you know, I, I, I think we can echo a lot of the things that, that Casey said. Um, I think being more strategic about the, the releases that we make versus 2020, I think, you know, we were trying to work on a lot of different things um, at, at one time. And we've sort of focused on um, not only our, our core brands, so, you know, ensuring that Art car and lawnmower uh, and seasonals are the absolute 100% best beers that we can make. But um, kind of looking at, at brands that we can really get behind. So Tarnation is one that we've released, and um, the launch has been quite good behind it. Um, I think developing more of a strategy behind launching new brands in that um, you know there's something that people want instead of something that brewers want. And as tough as that is. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we have to sell beer. And uh, if it's some crazy, you know, rye IPA or Roggen beer that only, you know, a handful of brewers, uh, I mean, consumers are going to drink, uh, you know, that's not going to be particularly helpful for us. So I think being very focused on our strategy. Um, and also, you know, we made a light beer this year. Um, and, uh, I think it was probably one of the most fun things that I personally worked on this year. 
And it's something that we like to drink, but also know that everybody else likes to drink as well. And um, you know, I think getting behind that. The other thing that I want to say, as far as kind of changing our mentality from 2022 to from 2020, is that with all the supply chain issues that we've dealt with this year, we've sort of been forced into a position to evaluate all the raw materials that we're working with and thinking about ways that we can make substitutions, whether that's you know a better price advantage or just a better quality product. And so we've, we've actually kind of made a ton of little tweaks all across the board, which um, to me is really exciting because it, it still shows that you know, even with a brand like Lawnmower or Art Car, we're still willing to try to make it an even better, you know, beer and more resilient in the sense that if we can't get a specific part of that raw material list, that we have something else that, you know, can fill that space. So, yeah. Casey, you and I kind of had that conversation last time I was at the brewery. Yeah. yeah. I, I think everyone has felt that. You just don't know. And it was all of a sudden a bad harvest in North America with malt and then all of a sudden shipping challenges and delays and prices. So it's one of those, yeah, that I think you can only go so long before you really have to look at everything. And we're making a product. We have to sell it. We have to make a profit if we want to have an active company. So um, using this malt because I loved it and it made this beer that was amazing. We always want to start there. But, yeah, we're taking a big approach just kind of what's out there and let's plan so we're not caught off guard if all of a sudden we can't get a malt instead of a week. If it takes three months, then we can't make that beer anyway. So really thinking about what those are. And those aren't like fun or sexy projects. Those are just kind yeah. of the, the back of house, the stuff you have to do or else it's going to bite you in the butt. But so. they can be. I mean, I, I, I think they can <laughs> be fun when you're like, oh, okay, maybe I can substitute this thing. And, yeah. you know, we were talking about malt just before this and uh, particularly Pilsner malt. And, you know, there's... I think there are a lot more options today too from yeah. our our suppliers and um you know there may be like a hidden gem in there that yeah. you know a hidden durst gem that yeah. you, you get know, a, we have different definitions of fun <laughs> yeah. call it, so. i think for any brewer yeah. it'd be exciting to get your hands into a recipe that i think by and large everybody thought was pretty set you know so you're saying oh this is a product that sells it's great the, everybody loves it why would we tinker with it? But then there's market factors that are yeah. coming in here and these challenges that we're talking about that quite honestly to me, they affect all levels of business. You know, we have a little bit of a different perspective. We're a little smaller. So some of the challenges you guys are going through, we have a different flavor of, but the things that we were just discussing, whether that's the malt price hops, uh, just processing in general, those are affecting the industry at large, no matter what size you're at. We're all having to go in and you know, relook at our suppliers, relook at our volumes, see you know what we can you know try to gain more efficiencies on, or uh, whether it's you know the uh, the product itself or what we're putting into the product. I think that that's just affecting everybody up and down, and in all small business, quite honestly. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not just craft beer. We see that across the board with uh, you know all of our community members that are that are running craft businesses. Yeah, for for us, I know uh, one of the things that is a little bit different is. Yeah, during that transition period 20 we uh, we were on the other side of the fence where we were just we were brewing every other week new styles you know the first two years we had something like 60 different styles we brewed you know crazy numbers and we got into this position where great people aren't coming to the tap room we're maybe closed down we got to get out in the market and we got to find these core brands right and we got to go back to the well and say okay what's been doing really well what have people always been coming back for what do we see naturally like the velocity just increasing on these beers and we 
down select and made those, you know, Go Flight, Ben's House, these things that we got into the market, uh, broadly speaking, and we got into retail. And now we're looking here in 22 to kind of bring back to where we were before and, and do more of those one-offs because now we're getting the feedback that, hey, I love that you guys got to where you were and we're really proud to see you out. But, you know, when I come into the tap room, I'm seeing a lot of the beers that I can see out, out in the market, right? So I loved always coming to your tap room because you had new stuff on the wall. So we're trying to navigate a path where we can kind of sustain that retail, that broader draft, uh, off-premise sales, but then at the same time, create unique one-offs uh, and, and get people into the tap room and excited about you know what, what we kind of cut our teeth on to begin with. So it's a, it's a little bit of a different journey, but ultimately, again, just reevaluating everything we're doing and seeing you know we're, where we're making successes and finding opportunities. We're seeing where maybe we're you know leaving some some areas of opportunity behind that we just didn't fully appreciate, honestly. But that's like every year, though, right? Like you, you put together like a, a basically a nice little kind of a sales calendar, what you're going to release, and it's very aggressive. And we were looking at one last year, and it was like uh, Jacob, our sales manager. It was like this opus, this beautiful opus of, oh my God, look at all these beers. And then and then about uh, January uh, 2, <laughs> we started looking at it, it was like, you know, um, our tap room's not going to get any exclusive beers because uh, all the tanks have been taken up, and yeah. our, our brewer's going to look out the window and be like, wow, I would love to open my own brewery where I can do the things I want to do. <laughs> do it my fifth like, turn today. Well, you know, because uh, people need to have freedom, but that freedom also allows for, because you, you create delicious beers that often get tasted in a tap room, and then in that tap room, it, that stuff can usually lead to the market. But if you, but if your brewers can't innovate, then you're kind of like left. But I don't know. I always feel like every year we're always we're like, we, here's our plan, and then by the time you get to February, the plan. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, and well, like without fail. But then ultimately, you because of all the innovations that happen on a tap room, and then your customers appreciate it because that's where they get the best of the best, the fresh of the fresh, and then from there, you like leads to the market. I mean, although I was there when Eureka, like uh, when they rolled out their their uh, their super light, delicious beer at their anniversary, and uh, you guys had branding ready to go. That was very clear. Like, yeah, no, that was a huge project we were looking at it, and kind of the industry has been higher ABV and low ABV. Those kind of spectrums. Uh, craft beer was always six percent, seven percent. Now it's kind of eight, nine percent with. Um, some of the stuff from New Belgium that's been really, really prominent this year that's grown. And then it's really sessionable, 5% light beer, kind of extension of the seltzers. And I think that those are, it's interesting to see that big of a contrast happen around the same time. Yeah. Low ABV, um, high ABV. Yeah, volume or just want one. And yeah. I mean, I remember back in the day bartending uh, 15 years ago, Breckenridge 471 was there in kind of Imperial IPA. It was very reasonably priced, and yeah. I think it was on $3. Batch 471 was one of the greatest beers ever invented. Yeah, it was $3 <laughs> it was, at special yeah. on Sunday afternoon when I was bartending, and people would come in and just pound some nine, or little 16-ounce pours of this Imperial IPA because it was, I don't know, kind of a good, great value, a little bang-for-your-buck beer. But it was also a great beer, too. So I yeah. think it's balancing that, that the people who want something a little stronger, making sure they can get that. Kids these days, they don't, they don't, <laughs> yeah, well, not as much. Also, <laughs> also kind of like what you were talking about, when, when you guys get off of work, what, what 
beer do you normally gravitate to? And a light when you're beer. just like, oh, let's just drink something. It's usually well, a lighter beer. I think when you're in this industry, is half the time it's the beers you have at work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if you have someone come come to the brewery, and you know you have a meeting, and you think it's gonna be kind of a one and done, but then they look at that beer wall and they're like, you know, it would be it'd be nice. It's like, do you want a beer? Oh, that'd be great. So, drinking is kind of part of the job, and you want the the lighter the beer, the better. Yeah, it's a it's a mixed bag because I love hosting because I don't have to leave, but then when we host, we're gonna we're gonna look at that beer board and we're gonna entertain while we're having a meeting. And whatever meeting, it doesn't matter what's with my bank. It'll be insurance. Or, yeah, insurance. <laughs> we're looking at you know tiles or floor or anything like. We're gonna. Ha- I mean, you, you can't invite somebody over to your home and not offer them clearly the product that you have here readily available. That would be rude in itself. And then you know it's weird to see somebody drink in front of you or not partake as well. You know, so it's one of these mixed bag things. <laughs> well, that and depending on who comes over, it's like, oh, we should get out the nice stuff. <laughs> yeah. So then you start getting oh, out true. the better stuff. And- <laughs> Oh, that's, what, that's why St. Arnold, uh, they, they broke out the Tarnation. They went the other way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had a couple Tarnations um, that I can remember. And, um, you know, they've, they've been good. Um, yeah. But I, I don't typically drink that on shift or off shift. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> no, I, usually lawnmower is, is great. Um, you know, it, I, I actually didn't really like lawnmower when I first started working here. Uh, but lawnmower has also gotten better due to the tweaks that we've made over the last few (laughs) years so uh, that's also part of it finally to call in in your humble opinion no but um, you know it's such a you know well-rounded beer but low enough that I can have a couple and I'm a total lightweight I got a puffy jacket on right now but um, I'm I'm a really skinny dude so sometimes I can be one and done uh, so lawnmower go to, but I I also you know really like Harmony, uh, and then when we had the light beer on the light pills, um, you know I'd have three or four of those after shift. So you know. yeah. All right. Well, we need to take a quick break. Do a little five minute break. I've Great been out of beer for a long that. time. Duck, you've been out of beer as well. So yeah, he's uncheersable. Yeah. Let's go ahead and uh, get some more beers. We are hanging out at St. Arnold Brewing Company over at the beer garden. Casey. Colin, Michael, Tom. Uh, let's all take a quick break. Come back. We'll talk more beer. This is Drinking Bages. Be right back. Hello, everyone. This is uh, Trevor Brown from Lone Pine Brewery coming at you from Magnolia, Texas, home of Yellow Rose IPA. We're new in cans. I don't know if you've seen. We're now in aluminum. Yellow Rose, Gentleman's Lotus Nitro, Jabberwocky, and Zeno's. We'll be doing seasonals and Zythopal releases every quarter. So join us at our beer garden, open seven days a week. We've got live music, food trucks. Kids and dogs are welcome as long as they're nice. Find us at LonePine.com on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks, everybody. Hey, y'all. This is Andrew, the Mayor Mitchum, owner and brewer at Senate Avenue Brewing Company. Here's the top five reasons you should bring the whole family to come and see us. Number one, air conditioning. Number two, tasty cold craft beer brewed by yours truly. Number three, burgers, tacos, pizzas, and pretzels. Number four, brunch on Sundays. Number five, our cozy, breezy patio. Drop in any day of the week for lunch or dinner. We'll save a table for you. 
Decca Beer Company off 494, just north of Kingwood, is a brewery you should know about and stop by. 20 Taps with rotating experimental beers and other excellent beers brewed true to style. Nice air-conditioned tap room for the whole family and a large patio with beer, wine, cider, soft drinks, plus food trucks on site. Also a great place to hold your next event. Tap room is open Wednesday through Sunday and look for Decca Beer Company on tap around the Houston area and check them out online at DeccaBeer.com. That is D-E-C-A Beer.com. They have something for everyone. Hey, good beer drinkers, this is John Denman from Drink of Ages Radio inviting you out to Spindle Tap Brewery. Less than 15 minutes north of downtown, Spindle Tap is making some of the best beers around. IPAs, double IPAs, lagers and stouts, definitely going to find your next favorite beer. Come out and be ready to play, though. Nine-hole championship putt-putt, basketball court, baseball and kickball field, disc golf, or just kick back in the air-conditioned tap room. Great food, excellent beers, and a badass time. Check out Spindle Tap Brewery, Spindle Tap, that's T-A-P, SpindleTap.com. Hi, it's Tom from No Label Brewing down in Katy, Texas. Come out and visit us seven days a week in historic Katy, right between the silos. If it's the weekend, it's live music, it's beer releases, it's food trucks, vendors, HJX markets, more. Can't make it on the weekend? Don't worry, we're open seven days a week. So coming out for bingo nights, trivia nights, run clubs, there's so much going on out here between the silos. So if you're looking for craft beer and a good time, come out to Katy, Texas, come out to No Label. back. This is Drink of Ages Radio Show here on ESPN 97.5. We are hanging out at St. Arnold Brewing Company over in the Beer Garden. Talking to Tom. Man, Tom, we're talking to a lot of people. Uh, we're <laughs> Look talking at the sheet. I've been your friend all these years. We were just talking. I've been friend here all these years. You I know, I know you guys very every well. Time you, somebody's but always, always write down your names, right? This is, well, it's also like a historical book. This you know, thing's going to be worth something because one day... People are going to flip through this or be like, oh, really? They had them on. And also, also uh, the, the older the, you get, the more, more beers you have. More questioning your judgment at the time. That, oh, like, huh. Yeah. 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 More often yeah. than not, you get to that pl- place where you're like, you're like, hey, remember all those adventures we had? I sure did. Greg? Do you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's like, what happened? No, that's interesting. Let's go flip through that book. I bet you we were talking about some breweries earlier that might be in there. Let's we'll see how those interviews went. So our panel tonight. Michael Duckworth from uh, True Anomaly, Colin Klingerman here from St. Arnold, and then Casey Motes from Eureka Heights, Tom Painter, co-host of this show. You all know him. No Label Brewing Company. So four breweries sitting up here, and all four of your breweries have, uh, well, for one, we're sitting in the beer garden of St. Arnold, a pretty badass little tap room. Come sit around and drink some beer. Which they haven't finished, but... You know, eventually, yeah, tap room, eventually, eventually, I know, star. Like, I know Brock, he's probably working on it. You know, one day he'll make enough money to be able to finish this building. And you know, he does work on it. Uh, you know, he's, I, I've seen the, the blueprints in his office. So, you know, he's, he's always scheming for sure. I thought you were going to be like, he tills the garden. <laughs> he's yeah. He trims the hedges. Right now with a hammer. <laughs> yeah. it, it wouldn't surprise me though. You know, he's always kind of doing laps, like looking at stuff, making sure everything's, you know, tip top shape. So wouldn't surprise me if, you know, he trimmed a hedge here and there, you know, <laughs> it, it's totally possible. I so. <laughs> Need another plant <laughs> right here. That, that is not an exaggeration. Like, Casey worked here for years, and then I used to do work for St. Arnold for years, and go into Brock's office and be like, get ready for a 15-minute speech and, uh, like, one minute worth of actual knowledge. Because <laughs> he would, like, show you, like, here's what I got planned, and then all of a sudden it'd be, like, this soliloquy on 
on just life and beer and like and the promise of what's to come and it'd be like this is very inspiring how do i get out of here uh, yeah yeah for sure i remember seeing a lego set in brock's office oh, that was the very early versions of this beer garden yep. it was playing with legos yep. to build this place and it was like fascinating it's amazing to see it it's i mean one of the best places to come and have a beer and listen to the majestic natural noises of Houston. I don't know if the mics pick up on the trains <laughs> 12 feet from us. But I, know, okay, so yeah, I don't know anything you just said. Yeah. I just hear train. I'm, I'm trying to read lips. If I you ever doubt what you're saying, just look at DJ Mustache and he'll tell just, you whether yeah. you're being heard. All right. <laughs> we'll take care of it in post. So, they come around with train shots soon, I believe. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I came by. I was over at the old, old beer hall. And having lunch, and Brock came by, and he's, you know, we're talking and stuff, and he's like, "Hey, come to the office." So I went to his office because um, there, there used to be this pink house that was right over here uh, under oh, yeah. a lesion, and yeah. I wanted to buy that house because two reasons: one, right next to St. Arnold, have a cool little music venue right there, and all that, and there's already I don't know thousand people, thousands of people show up every day here, so I was like, ah kind of ride those little uh, coattails a little bit for a venue. And he's like, nah, man, let's go talk about that pink house. And we went over there, and he's like, nope, they're about to tear it all down. This house is going away. The Elysian Viaduct is going to be rebuilt. And he goes, but let me show you what we're doing. And went to his office, and he's like, look at these blueprints. And I'm like, that's (laughs) okay, Brock. (laughs) That's pretty slick. Yep, Nice. So everyone's been in his office, and he's... He showed everyone his blueprints. <laughs> yep. He showed everybody his blueprints. Yeah. He's Wait, excited he, about them. Or the Lego set. Hey, can know. we go back to the Lego set? I, I feel like if we got this produced, I'd, I'm a buyer. Yeah. I do I'm remember a, there was like a Darth Vader uh, like Lego character that someone... <laughs> so like people started inserting their own Legos onto the set, and I don't think he liked that, so then the Lego set went away. That's went away, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, that Brock, was there for a bit. That was yeah. Brock Wagner, St. <laughs> Arnold, I'm Lego set. I'm, I'm making a Lego set. That's it. And, and, and this is the last I'll talk about it. But out of all the uh, out of all the uh, offices of brewery owners in the city, Brock does have the best. It's the most like executive, like oh yeah, yeah owners got, office. Got the corner office with yeah. the windows and some fancy art. Yeah, oak. Everywhere, oh, yeah, leather, leather mahogany, rich mahogany. <laughs> well, I know, I know, I know Casey Duck yeah. and myself. Our conference, our, our offices are more like slash conference room, slash storage area, yeah. slash uh, uh, yep. company uh, lounge pad. It's, it's yeah, company cellar, property we had in general. Someone come in to grab a beer from the <laughs> cellar today. I'm like, this is my office. <laughs> you have a case in the corner for the beer that we were talking about with a buyer. I'm like, cool. I yeah, just grab it. Yeah. yeah. So. yeah. If you're not door. making the conference room out of some slims, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hoping and wishing for a door one day. Just like my dog looks at me for some bacon, I'm just hoping and wishing for a door. <laughs> a door. One day, if I could have a door. Doors are nice. Well, as tap rooms go, uh, true anomaly. Great tap room, everything. But, Thanks. unfortunately, it's going to be going oh, yeah, away we, pretty soon. The way of that little pink house. <laughs> Looking for that pink house. Yeah, a little imminent domain action. In case you guys don't know it, I-45 is going away. I don't know if uh, surely everybody at this point knows knows about this, right? If they don't, they will when it happens. Yeah. Anyway, so we're in that that property there. So our lease goes for about another year and a half. If all's well, then you know we'll hang out there and and as long as we can. But uh, you'll show everyone that, your blueprints. Yeah. In lieu of that, I got some blueprints to show off. 
And uh, we're uh, we're into permitting right now for a new location. Thank you very much, Tom. It's an erector set, actually. Yeah. <laughs> no, no Legos, just, you know, d- different Right, well, I mean, whatever <laughs> builds. Lincoln Logs. Yeah, engineers. <laughs> I get it. So, uh, yeah, no, we're, uh, we're, we just uh, bought or purchased a property off of navigation. Uh, we're hoping uh, this time next year we've got a new facility up and running. And, um, you know, whether this location over here off of San Emanuel continues and works out, we'd love to continue operating there. But uh, obviously, we uh, we want to stick in the East End, and and we've got our roots there, and we you know got ourselves out of that position of eminent domain, and and honestly, it's a good time for us to expand and, and get into a new property with uh, some higher clear heights and, and availability for bigger bigger uh, fermentation vessels. So that's uh, that's the direction we're going, and and hopefully, uh, like I said, this time next year, everybody will be out and enjoying that new space. And if you join our Patreon, you can continue <laughs> our daily stump. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're working on it. Yeah, nice. so Eureka Heights. Yeah. Uh, any chance air condition could be put in yeah. <laughs> at some no. point? Yeah, uh, we have an open air facility. We like that. Uh, no, our tap room, it's, it was kind of bare bones. We were very much bootstrapped when we got going, and that's always been the long-term goal to build out a tap room and maybe even other locations down the road and that's been one of the weird things maybe a lot of projects stalled out the last couple years and we had really had some pretty ambitious plans we're trying to watch and see what that looks like and we love our location and we're our heights are in our name i i live like a mile and a half from the brewery since i've been in houston i love the area so it's all about you yeah it's all about that (laughs) commute uh no uh, me and my partner we both live nearby we love the area that wasn't necessarily why we chose where we were but we felt connected to the community we love that so definitely the tap room focus we've learned and that's where things are going you have to balance that as, as michael mentioned earlier with distributing and getting people to know your product and that's maybe different types of sales but we were a distrib- distribution focused brewery that's been what we've kind of focused on and we want the taproom experience because that's how people connect but yeah it, kind of growing that overall in the near future is definitely probably our biggest priority over the next over the near future we're, we're at our place for a long time looking forward so we're not going anywhere it's what can we do to enhance that and the area around us has really grown and developed being kind of a trendy area for a lot of new bars and um, the demographics have changed and so we're trying to learn how to adapt to that and still continue to grow that's with beer events and the actual facility kind of how can we cater to the people that are now in our neighborhood that four or five years ago weren't it was uh, used car lots and uh, like metal fabrication shops across the street and now it's it's townhomes and now it's townhomes and bars bars yeah, bars bars brewery shop like yeah. just on the back side of our building not just a couple dive bars and some great cocktail bars going in so that whole area is just kind of different so yeah. we're trying to figure out how that works for us but we're not going anywhere we love that place and yeah that's, that's any kinda, uh, any possibility of a kitchen yeah i mean maybe mm-hmm. it's food? one of those the yeah food? food's a whole different animal um but it i think casey you, will commit to no answers yeah <laughs> uh, that's kind of where we're at right it's now a, uh, technically a, a number uh, of different animals yeah they're uh, <laughs> kind of know what you're making uh, no, We're all kitchen. vegetarian. If you wanted to, there we go. You know, vegetarian. Go yeah. <laughs> uh, no, the kitchen. I think. I think Michael, you guys mentioned wanting to do that down the road. I think it's a different way to experience it. And whether you have some in-house food trucks or whether you can balance that, that people want that combo experience. And that's what St. Arnold does so well here. Their food is fantastic. Their beer is great, and they have a wide selection of both. You can get a salad and a cider, or you can get a, a bratwurst and imperial IPA, and 
you experience all that together differently and you can hang out longer and everything. So yeah, all those are hopefully for us on the horizon. I don't have uh, quite the timeline that Duck has, um, but we have, we're not- Air Garden, uh, yeah. 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, nah. Yeah, vague answers all around. Uh, <laughs> Colin, what are you guys building? Yeah, your, uh, Colin, when are you building this so wall? I'm gonna What's be the story? probably even more vague. Um, you know, uh, there, there's not really, a timeline on finishing this wall. Yeah. yeah so the walls, um, you know, 2028 20, maybe. Um, no, uh, you know, we we're we're constantly exploring opportunities, and um, I'm not exactly sure how much I can say without getting in trouble. So um, we won't know until lot, you keep actually. going. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, give me another beer. I don't know. We'll see where this goes. Uh, you know, we, we look at expanding campus here, right? Um, there, there's nothing, you know, very solid about that, but, um, you know, kind of looking at, and, you know, I think this is a good topic to bring up is kind of the beyond beer category, which, um, you know, we're talking about seltzers, ciders, wine, RTDs, uh, FMBs, all these kinds of things. And, you know, what kind of opportunities those, you know, different types of beverages can kind of put us in and um, you know that that may result in you know expansion here expansion somewhere else and um, I, I think that's all I can say without getting in trouble so um, <laughs> yeah. you've said it enough you are in yeah, trouble I've read, I've read between I'm dead. all I'm dead. the lines <laughs> it's been fun buddy it's been a whole lot of fun <laughs> you said expand the campus yeah, yeah. we know what that means what I heard was it's water park it's been discussed yeah. it's been discussed so um, yeah I, I, I mean we're always looking to to grow and uh, lazy I think, river I think the, the the point is to try to do that sustainably uh, of course, not over leverage ourselves and sustainable um, lazy river. You know, be uh, you know, be true to our mission statement, which is to be a you know an institution that Texas and Houston are proud of. So, yeah, that's it. I'm done talking. Yeah, I'm proud. <laughs> I'm proud of you, Colin. Thanks, guys. I'm proud of you. you only said just enough. Just, just enough. barely <laughs> enough. Just tease, tease. Well, no label, you know, tap room out there. You, you've done a lot over this last year. Even like right now, you're painting the the, the concrete mural. It's it's the only pl place left to paint. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we, so yeah, we're one of the top ten destroying breweries like in the city. Uh, however, uh, we're definitely we lean more in our tap room uh, than we do distro. Um, our tap room is, you know, it's in an old hundred-year-old silo yard. Uh, we, but when when Gary and I took it over from the Royos, uh, I remember I was out with John, and John wanted to support us, and John was like, "Ah, oh, let's get a picture of showing, like we're at No Label." And he looked around, and there wasn't a sign anywhere. There was like a little thing on like the. There concerts. was a lot of really like just blue metal, <laughs> is what was behind every picture you took. Yeah, and it was like, so where's that selfie? Where's that? And I was coming from uh, uh, another brewery in town that changed ownership this year, uh, Buffalo Bayou, uh, which had kind of labeled itself the most creative brewery in town. But <laughs> they, but they, I mean, but those, those words they labeled themselves, right? The uh, and so we kind of put creativity back 
like on the forefront and like you walk around in that yard now you know you're at no label the, the, the whole rail line is covered in labels there's the like the, the entire the walls of the brewery are covered in art um uh photography by like Joshua Alday uh who's, who's now at Carbach made rest in peace uh and uh and people from family business and now we're doing murals on the ground because this is the last place we can do murals because there's no space left. Uh, but I was at a brewery in Chicago, and they had a, like a small like picture of a beer on the ground, kind of pointing to where you go in the tap room. And I was like, oh, man, I never thought about just painting in the floor before. And then it was like, you know what you can do on the floor? Everything. Uh, and put some, put some sealer on there. Um, no, our uh, tap room's great. Um, we lean on it a lot. Um, We've been really fortunate enough in the past year to actually have great partnerships because we did the uh, For All the H collab uh, with Doc and True Anomaly. And, and I have some in the car for you. Oh, perfect. The, uh, <laughs> Careful, Tom. I think it was for you, actually. <laughs> uh, and we, because it just so happens, we, No Label and True Anomaly we, and Val, Val we, we all won World Beer Cups this year which is a nice pick-me-up from the last few years. Uh, In an otherwise wonderful year. Actually, wait a second. You guys win awards all the time. What am I talking about? Nah, that's not true. I, I, yeah, that, nah. that's Val. I've, this guy has a whole <laughs> award wall. I mean, I've seen it. I don't know what he's talking about. Well, he sends pictures to all of us all the oh, time. Oh, that's why I've seen so it. That's why you've <laughs> seen it. I, I remember uh, now. That's uh, good. <laughs> but we did that collab together. And, great, like, yeah. but, and, 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 and Duck was over and, like, we have a very large yard, and there's like 2,000 people out there. And he's okay. like, is it always like this? I was like, yeah, on Fridays and Saturdays. But then on Mondays, there's like five people here, and it's just like a barren wasteland of, yeah. But, yeah, but yeah, no, tap rooms are, are important. I think it's the um, – so I live in Strickland, the closest brewery to my house is Texas Leaguer. But a new brewery is coming in about a mile from my house called Talyard. And they're like building a ten million dollar facility, which just seems to be like in the past, in the past year. I remember saying to John, like, "Oh, craft beer industry is this gonna be these small mom and pop like industri- industrial park pop ups?" No. All of a sudden, we went to Paradigm, Frost yeah. Town, Black Page, Bad Astronaut, and just like, okay, never mind. I, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Pretty much, there's all these ginormous. Uh, breweries that like they're coming in like guns blazing and like uh the heat is on i think i think especially like on the on the on the tap wall and if they're if they're putting a product out there it's in the it's on the heb sets i i think you have to at this point right you know talking about 75 breweries in houston that that have established brands have you know established customer base and people that want to you know come in and drink their beer if you're not you know, coming with guns blazing. If you're not raising $10 million and yeah. dropping bombs. And, and to make like a, a tap room that's like an experience, then I, you know, how can you expect to stand out? And yeah. I, I think that's probably going to be the norm I think going that, forward. Honestly, I think it just goes back to what, I mean, we're just seeing if, uh, what, what's the economist from the BA? I love this guy. What's his name? You know, Bart Watson. Oh, yeah, uh, if Bart Watson was here, he would say that we're, we're just in a maturing market, right? And this <laughs> idea that, you know, rising tide lifts all ships for all community. That's great. We love it. We still want that to be the sentiment. But at the end of the day, you know, we're not seeing the share come away from big beer that we were seeing before. We're seeing the share 
go through some cannibalization of somebody else that was drinking at some other craft brewery. And at the end of the day, the craft brewers or the people who like craft beer, they still float around, they go to other breweries, but they still call somewhere home, right? So where are you calling home? Where are you? It's either where you're near to and if more breweries are showing up and that people have a closer proximity to, then that's gonna be between, and it's now between where you are and where they were, they just cut you off. It is what it is, but they're gonna take some of that share, right? Whether it, it doesn't even matter, like obviously we're all pushing quality beer, but at some point it is just convenience. And it's also who is in my neighborhood and in my community and, and who I'm most local to. So if we're promoting local for the sake of being local, then you know that's it. That, that's what you're having a, a stronger bind to. And that's great. And, and what it represents is just more challenges. And where again, we have, we were talking about it earlier, you know, beyond beer products coming in, we have, uh, you know, uh, just wine and uh, spirits coming in too. Or if you look at market share, you know, they're pressing beer down. So the popularity of beer is just kind of stabilized and a more mature market now. And we have to come in guns a blazing and saying, okay, I can compete with the Tito's of the world. Maybe not, but that's what you're trying to do, right? And say, okay, like, you know, how do I position whatever size product you are. If you're a small brewery that's going to in the market and you're not coming in with the pretty good piggy bank and a pretty good advertising and theme that you're following, then, you know, you're going to get surpassed by those who clearly are and, and read the tea leaves well enough to know that that's what it's going to take to survive in this market now, you know? So not, uh, at, you like it or you hate it, but that's, that's the direction we're going, you know? And, and ultimately it provides more variety, more styles, more options out there, which as a craft brewery community, we should really enjoy and, and, you know, rally around. But at the same time, that means we got to, you know, fight in different ways for that market share that is getting spread a little thinner. You know, no longer is the pie just continuing to grow overall. So, I mean, that's, you know, we've, we've, in my perspective, and again, we're only four or five years old. These guys are much older than us. And, and at the end of the day, even in my short tenure, you know, we've seen that kind of wave, you know, kind of come to a crest. And we have to realize like, okay, we're, we're competing with all brands now and all products and, and uh, you know, find new ways to target customers and make a landing you know, impression and, and continue gaining velocity in some way, you know, at the end of the day. And it's, it's becoming more of an uphill battle. And we're gonna, as a result, my humble opinion, we're gonna see less regionals as you know entering in the market, and then you see that whether it's city, state, or otherwise, right? Like how many DFW beers do we see here in Houston? How many Houston beers do you see in DFW? Or well, a bar only has so many taps, right? No, well, yeah. not only that, but take take this what you just said five years ago compared to now, right? Like how many DFW beer, beer like Dallas beers did you see in Houston five years ago that you just don't see anymore? And same thing, Houston, yeah. Uh, yeah, Dallas is a great market, but how many breweries have pulled back from Dallas from that were in Houston? So, I mean, it's just, it's tough, right? And with so many more breweries opening up with so many tap spaces like you're talking about, Tom, um, like every every brewery or every tap room uh, bar, they have about 30 taps, which is kind of still insane to me to have that many taps. But if they have that many taps, then, you know, trying to spread it out. Only half of that's going to be craft and maybe real craft yeah and then like and then the fight really begins to get like the yeah, the breweries closest to them are, are gonna get their share and then it's it's i don't know there's only so much shelf space there's only so much staff space so eventually things do go back to the tap room pretty much <laughs> <laughs> so i'm out of beer again so we have to take a break we let's go. take a break right. and uh <laughs>
get back. We'll talk more with everybody. We are hanging out here at St. Arbor Brewing Company in the beer garden. This is Drink of Ages. Stay tuned. Wellness, our friends down in Dickinson, is where you need to go if you're feeling sluggish, non-energetic, and non-motivated, not just when you're hungover. Get to know your numbers. As we get a little older, our hormone levels change, men and women. KT Wellness can help. Weight loss, hormone optimization, low testosterone, B12, Botox, and more. Stop in and tell them that you heard it on Drink of Ages and get a free B12 shot. KTWellness.com. Why not feel your best again? KTWellness.com. Hey guys, Robbie Harl from Backview Brewing here. Just dropping in to tell you about our new seasonal, King's Brow. A German Fest beer, perfect for Oktoberfest season, but still can handle this Texas heat. Available through the end of September, but while supplies last. So don't sleep on it, go out and grab you some. Cheers. At True Anomaly Brewing, our greatest achievement lives in knowing that everything we've learned is yours to enjoy. While it may not be rocket science, we brew with the same detail and dedication learned while running mission operations for NASA. Taking risks is part of our DNA. We don't take them just to say we did, we take them because of the result. Bold brews we're proud to share with fellow adventure seekers. True Anomaly Brewing. Beer for the explorers. Hey, it's James from Ingenious Brewing Company up in Humble, Texas. We are a small batch brewery open Wednesday through Monday with an air-conditioned tap room, hosting weekly trivia, monthly art markets, and many more family and pet-friendly events. Not in the mood for a delicious beer? Try one of our hard seltzers or a local cider or wine. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok for a daily update on our tap list and daily events. Can't make it to the tap room? Just look for us at your local HEB, Specs, or any fine craft beer retailer. Cheers. Hey Houston, this is Bryce with 11 Below Brewing. I'd like to invite you to come out and see us. We're located just outside the Beltway up by Willowbrook Mall. We're open Thursday and Friday night, Saturday and Sunday afternoon as well. And if you're lucky, you might even get a hug from Jeff while you're here. If you're looking for some great little fun beer to beat this Houston heat, Taco Tuesday is our jam. Got a little bit of lime and salt, super refreshing and crushes this summer heat. You can find it at your local grocery stores and liquor stores. Check us out on social media at Lumbelow Brewing. Let's talk New Magnolia Brewing and their beer of the month, number six, drops this week. They brewed a wee heavy, then named it Odd Lang Sign, meaning old long since. And this is a great way to celebrate with friends as we close out 2022. 8.5% ABV, limited release, draft and cans. Come check out the last plant market of the year this Sunday, December 18th. Plants make a perfect gift. It is also the holiday season, as you know, so book your event and host a craft beer holiday party. Send requests to info at newmagnoliabrewing.com and be on the lookout for weekly small batch limited release beers only in the tap room. New Magnolia Brewing opens seven days a week. NewMagnoliaBrewing.com. Now we are back. This is Dream of Ages Radio Show here on ESPN 97.5. I'm John Denman, Tom Painter. Our guests this evening, Michael Duckworth from True Anomaly, Casey Mosherika Heights, Colin. Klingerman from St. Arnold, where we are right now, hanging out in the beer garden at St. Arnold, drinking some, actually, just I'm drinking some Juicy. Juicy oh, nice. is really good. Yeah. I'm drinking some Harmony. Nice. I was. Harmony. In Harmony, Harmony with you, Harmony. but I, I diverted. Harmony. Harmony. You're supposed to continue uh, on. Harmony. It would be Harmony, Harmony, oh, and okay. then uh, Duck well, is we'll actually drinking nothing. We'll see if they can pick me out of a crowd. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> 
blend in. Duck, duck is empty again. Weird. Weird. Do you drink beer or? You know, I pour it out slowly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Into my Ooh. mouth. Man, that hurt. Okay. There you go. Where'd well, that one? So we, we've discussed a few, actually quite a bit of things uh, so far in the show, but kind of like speculating, a little forecasting for 2023. Ooh. I know. It's going to be tough because yeah, it's like last year <laughs> kind of went almost as planned, right? Yeah. And so like 2023, what are you expecting? What What are you guys, th- what are your thoughts on how to run this business successfully in 2023? Well, let's go up to the highest barrel at St. Arnold. What are you guys going to do yeah. to these challenges um, in the market? So we, we, were, we were talking about this a little bit off mic, but um, I, I made a comment about um, kind of focusing on core brands. And I, I don't think that's the like the clearest picture of it. You know, we do want to focus on, you know, our core brands, but um, I, I think there's also kind of this mentality where we kind of have these rotational launches and um, we have new brands that come out that, um, you know, the, the life expectancy may be lower than, you know, we're, we're used to in the past. Um, and so, you know, certain brands, you know, may, may last a year or two years and then we're kind of expected to, you know, replace that with something else. And, um, you know, that's that's kind of our goal is to, you know, continually sort of replace those. Was, those was like, like these brands you're talking about, is that something, say, say like white noise, white noise yeah. came out and it was everywhere. And then all of a sudden it wasn't. Yeah. By um, design. White noise, one of my my all time favorites, actually, and they're uh, you know, full disclosure, there's like a little tiny bit of white noise still left in the brewery. Um, a tiny little, little scotch in a barrel. Um, but, um, I, I think we discontinued that, uh, maybe 2018. Um, and that was to replace winter stout actually. So that was a winter seasonal. Uh, and then we had, um, Texas IPA, which was a grapefruit IPA um, that ultimately replaced um, white noise. And I think the goal there is that, you know, winter seasonals for us are, are typically very tough. Um, it's kind of the time of year where everybody stops drinking beer. So kind of January to, you know, mid-February, especially for the Houston area. Um, everybody's doing New Year's resolutions. They're pretty burned out on alcohol from the previous month. Um, dry January, is that what? Is that how it goes? Or what, uh, what it, is that? Is that what it's called? Dry January. Moist January. I've never moist heard January. about any of these things. So mm. yeah, apparently and it's don't a say thing. it out loud. Don't, don't start new trends. <laughs> but um, uh, you know, people do this, and and so it's it's kind of a tough spot for us. And um, you know, ultimately we've we've kind of you know actually shortened that segment. So Springbok will actually come immediately after. Um, uh, Christmas ale for us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of like trying to find beers that that work when people want them, and um, you know trying to trying to fill those spaces and um, you know parts of our portfolio that we may be lacking in, we're trying to kind of fill those gaps in as well, especially for year-round seasonals. Um, but yeah, with with the seasonal space, especially white noise, like it's just a tough area. Um, trying to, you know, 
have a seasonal in that that time frame just it's tough <laughs> yeah um, yeah i think kind of what colin said uh <clears throat> we're tweaking some seasonal lineup next year just we've had the same ones for, for the last four years we've really had a seasonal brand we've made some small adjustments so trying to take that yeah, some fun stuff some of those ones we innovated that were taproom only maybe turn them into a seasonal and put them out there for three months and if they have legs and maybe that could become a year-round beer down the road so kind of taking those in incremental steps a little bit to kind of see what the actual response will be when it's not one off you can get one four pack or one pint and then it's gone if you, it's on the shelves it's sustainable and that can be a hard to judge until it's actually out there in the market um, yeah. i know for us like kind of going deeper on some of the community partnerships we have we do a couple charity beers um, one with the Montreux Center for Pride that's been a big launch for us, but we have another one with the Houston SBCA that we did some small releases of, but we're hoping to grow that and do some distribution um, some point next year with that. That's an awesome charity community partner that, like, for us, that's the fun part about kind of getting to our size and doing some of the stuff we're doing now that we can take these small little projects that were a Saturday pop-up three or four years ago and they've grown into, like, a full collaboration beer that we might, might be able to take to market. So that's really fun and some of the exciting stuff for next year. It's Yeah, so growing those little, like, seeds that were planted over the last two or three years and actually being able to do some yeah. stuff with well, it. Well, that Lavender Bunny is pretty amazing, right? Yeah, like, we do. Yeah, beer for Pride called Lavender Bunny with um, butterfly pea flower and lavender. And it's, I think, maybe going on four years. And we've grown it each year from a, some kegs a couple years ago to now – we partnered with um, Silregal, our distributor, and HEB and Kroger to do these huge it also has, It also has won two craft beer marketing awards. It has. So that, <laughs> yeah. Our, uh, our, that goes back to our marketing team just kicking butt. Uh, but just one of those like that grew because we had a, just a friendship we had with the community and able to grow that. So that's one we're so proud of. So we're kind of looking at that. And maybe oh, we have got a couple other things we've done smaller, and, and we can grow those. We feel comfortable and that's just that's great for the charity it's great for that community to get highlighted it's a fun marketing when you get to work with a partner like that because they're all about it and then it gets us maybe the opportunity to do a beer that we wouldn't do on our own the sbca beer is a raspberry cherry kolsch just not crazy but like not something we were doing anyway it was kind of like hey what do you guys want and so we collab with their team and they come to the brewery and brainstorm and that stuff's been fun to see because then we're all of a sudden doing something we weren't necessarily going to do on our own with a community partner. And that's just sort of like bigger than what we could do by ourselves. So that's what I'm looking forward to next year. No, uh, appreciate you guys coming and hanging out for sure. Uh, St. Arnold Brewing Company, that's where we are hanging out in the tap room. Thank you, sir. Great. Thanks. Good beers always. So, uh, yeah, Colin. Colin Klingerman. <laughs> Thank you Thank very you much. Thank you for saying my name so many times tonight. Like, I know it's a hard last name to, to pull off, so <laughs> I, I really appreciate it. Well, I mean, Casey Moats is too. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's just like struggles. Casey. Yeah. Moats. Casey. Yeah, Moats. 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 It's when I place, like, a pickup order for food, it's 50-50 Moats yeah. at this point. So it's like, yeah, yeah, it's probably yeah. me. Okay. No. <laughs> throw a little uh, in there. But this is Drink of Ages Radio. Uh, next week we'll be at we'll be in Folcher. Next week we will be in Folcher. Yeah, at Project Halo. Pro, yeah, nice. Hanging out with those guys. Good people over there. Michael Duckworth from True Anomaly. Thanks for coming and hanging out. Ah. Uh, Tom Painter, I'm always. We have a good time. And our producer, DJ Muskratch, thank you for everything. And if you want to listen to any of the old shows sponsored by No Label Brewing Company, you can find it all over the internets. 
bunch of weird places. Bunch of weird some places. of them. But uh, yeah, man, thank everybody for tuning in, man. It's been fun. I wish we could. We we need to do more shows like this where you just have more people sitting around discussing. Things. Yeah, well, it, it sounds it, like a lot less work for you guys, quite honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I only said like four words tonight. It's like the best show ever. <laughs> but no, I appreciate all you guys hanging out, man. It's been a whole lot of fun. Beer is delicious. Always a St. Arnold. We'll talk to everybody next week.